Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Rob from Cigar Store Idiots. You may be asking yourself what Moonwalker Delta 8 is. Moonwalker is the industry leader in Delta 8 THC products, an emerging category pushing the boundaries of the cannabis plant. By expertly combining terpenes with complementary flavors, Moonwalker represents the absolute pinnacle of Delta 8 THC products, all engineered for pure bliss and joy. If you have any questions or concerns about the legality of Delta 8, please feel free to visit moonwalker.com backslash pages backslash legal. So you guys like coffee? Well, good, because we partnered up with the best. Blackout Coffee Company is America's best small batch coffee. The true patriotic roasters of Freedom Nectar that lets you stay on your grind all day, every day. Blackout Coffee Company offers signature blends, single-serving coffee pods, and several types of loose teas. You can order those as needed, or you can join a monthly subscription. Head on over to CigarStoreIdiot.com, look for the Blackout Coffee Company link, and make sure you use promo code Rob. W10. That's R O B W10 for some immediate savings. This was never about money for us. It was about us against the system. That system that kills the human spirit. We stand for something. To those dead souls inching along the freeways in their metal coffins, we show them that the human spirit is still alive. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Cigar Store Idiots. I am Rob, and you, sir, are... James. What's happening, James? What's up, brother? Man. It's been forever. It has, and let me tell you something, and I know everybody's probably like, what the hell's going on with this podcast? So, in case you don't follow us on social media, we were flagged for 25, maybe 30, so 20, between 25, 35 episodes uh, using music, okay? So, my struggle was... You know, we upload through Anchor, who is owned by Spotify. They give you an option to use music. So I didn't think it would be a big deal because I'm taking the songs off Spotify, plugging them into my board, and then doing the episodes and then looping them in. Well, apparently that's... Uh, but, you're, I, but you're giving credit every yeah. single time. I don't, I don't see how it's yeah. an issue, but I, I guess man, it's because they don't get paid off I, of it. I guess so. I mean, I don't understand how any of it works. Uh, I mean, it's coming off of Spotify. Are they not getting paid by Spotify? I would think so. You, you think so? Mm-hmm. So I guess I looked at it two different ways. Uh, that we finally are having enough people listen to the podcast that to where that it got flagged, yeah. which is cool. Uh, the uncool part was it got flagged. Yeah. And so I'm having to edit edit it. So if you go back and you'll hear like, it'll look like we're putting, we're dumping episodes like crazy. Like, oh man, they're putting a bunch of stuff out. Well, no, a lot of it's episodes that you may have already heard. It just does not have any of the intro parts like commercials, music's edited out. And we just jump straight into it. It just jumps like straight into the episode. So this one will be the first one that we've done since the editing process has started. Um, and, Again, I apologize uh, for the confusion and the delay on on putting out new episodes. Uh, I've been in California; I had to go there for work. The land uh, of fruits and nuts. Yes, yes. Um, and uh, finally, finally, we're able to get in here and uh, and it gets you back in here there too. You go. That's right. Get you back in here so we can do do a po- do some podcasting. So, well, I've I've had to go back to work like a like a regular human being and 
And so my schedule has just been kind of wonkified. Yeah. Why, what's the deal with the real jobs? It's really messing up my creative uh, I'm telling you, juices. you know, if it wasn't for real work, I, I I would be very creative and I'd get a lot. Of, dude, I have a book that I've been trying to finish for like over a year. Yeah. And I can't get it done because I have to work. Yeah. And it's terrible. And they won't give me paid time off for that. I no. can't say, hey, you know, write me a check while I write a book. But they won't do that. I you, can't, they you can't ride around like uh, with a bullhorn and be like, uh, okay, bad guys, y'all settle down. Yeah. I got to well, get a couple of chapters yeah. down. Y'all shut up. I got to do a couple of chapters <laughs> <laughs> right. what's uh so what's new with you man what's what's been going on is your shoulder we're good on the shoulder uh, now what, we ain't good but we're fair to partly cloudy at least uh, <laughs> okay. i'm back to work and um so you know i was off man i was pretty much on light duty for a year and so i just kind of had enough yeah. and i told my physical therapist i was like hey i'm going back to work in like two weeks and he's like well, what did the doctor say i don't like talk to him <laughs> And so uh, I just put myself back to work. Yeah. And so the very first night I go back to work, you know, the very first day, it's kind of calm, nothing crazy. And um, I'm on my way home and they give one of our female deputies a call um, way out in the middle of nowhere, man. I'm talking about, dude, it's out there. Radios don't work. Cell phones don't work. Not a good um, idea for yeah. any police officer to be going Especially out Especially the female. Themselves. But then yeah. the call was they're in a fight, and one guy's got another guy uh, held up at shot, with a shotgun. Oh. So now, you know, so now you're driving out there like okay, like crazy. And so um, we get out there. Um, the guy's high as can be, um, slightly combative, uh, kind of – tussle with him for a second, dump him on the ground, get him in cuffs. So I'm walking him to the car and you have to walk down the hill. And like they had made steps into the side of the hill with like, um, kind of like some angle iron on the front, kind of make the step. Okay. Well, I hit it and I tripped. Uh. And so when I tripped, the guy fell, I fell. I tried to catch him. I missed him. And so, you know, we hit the ground. I got him. No big deal. We get him to the car and I thought, well, you know, my shoulder didn't explode, so I guess that's probably a good thing. Well, good. Yeah, and so now I'm back in the gym working out. I don't have I don't have a 100% movement. Um, I'm super weak right now as yeah. far as, like, pressing stuff. I got you. Uh, I don't think I'll be doing, like, any bench press. No. I, lay, I laid down on the bench and um, was just going to do the bar to see how it felt. Just the stretch itself. Is- yeah, and so uh, I brought the bar down to my chest, and I kind of had a uh, – I kind of had a uh, deja vu moment yeah. of, uh, you know, last time I did this, it sounded like Velcro ripping apart. And I was like, yeah, I, I just don't think I'll be doing that. No yeah, more. no. I mean, shoot, man. Use mo- use barbells. It was, it was barbells. Oh, it wasn't. Oh, no, I was talking about, do you, when you bench, do you bench with a bar still? I did. Okay. I did. I meant dumbbells. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm no, a dumbbell. I, well, what I've, what I've discovered is I'm just going to do floor press, floor press from yeah. now on because well, that way my shoulder supported. When I hurt my shoulder uh, working out, it's been years ago. Um, if I ever, if I just stuck with dumbbells, I was fine. Yeah. Whenever I got a hold of that bar, mm-hmm. my shoulder would hurt me for two weeks. Yeah. So I actually eliminated bench press. With yeah. A, I don't, with a bar. I don't do anything. I mean, like I said, overhead I presses, press nothing. I don't use a bar for any of that. I can't get, it's funny cause I can't get full extension overhead, but like with a landmine press. So it's kind of out at a little bit of an angle. Yeah. I can press all the way out. So it's just kind of, it's kind of strange, but yeah. whatever, dude, it works. The way it works. So. We were we were talking about something before we got in here, uh, which I thought was funny, and uh, and, and I, I wonder how many people actually go through this. They have this issue. Um, I was telling you a story about how this weekend I kind of was. I didn't feel well. Oh like yeah, I felt kind of bad, yeah. and uh, I went to lay down about six o'clock uh, just to kind of like like rest it off or try to try to rally or whatever and get back up. And uh, man, I fell asleep like like deep sleep. I mean, I was really I didn't feel good. I don't know what was going on. And then Brittany 
had come in there to get in. I don't know if she was getting in the bed with me or getting out of the bed, but I felt the bed move. And then I opened my eyes and I just see the silhouette of, oh, yeah. this, of this dark figure F- standing Fight over or me. flight kicks in. Dude, I, I said, babe, I almost, I almost nunchucked you. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I mean, I was really, I mean, I'm surprised I didn't punch her. And, and how do you explain that to the law enforcement when they get here? You yeah. know, she's got a broke nose and busted lip. You know, it looks like she's been hit by a truck. And you're like, I just woke up. Or I'm st- yeah, she's got that going on and I'm still laying on the floor bleeding to death. Yeah. Cause she, she does stab you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's exactly right. But I mean, it's, uh, it's funny. And then I know with you working in law enforcement too, I mean, sometimes your, your, your senses are a little hot. Oh well, yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. And then, and I told you that one, you know, I had a, I had, had a rookie, um, that I was training, which I'm training a different one now. And so we're, we were driving down the road or something and I dozed off and like, if I'm driving, if I'm in the driver's seat working, I never get sleepy, but man, when I have a freaking rookie, I am so tired all the time. And so, um, dude, I fell asleep and I don't know what jostled me or woke me up, but I reach across the console and grab his arm and snatch him up. And he just looked at me and he's like, please don't beat my ass. <laughs> what are you doing? And I was like, uh, m- my bad. You know, I mean, what do you, what do you say? Yeah. You can't recover from that. It's kind of like, dude, I'm sorry. My dad tells a story when he was, one time he was asleep and he used to, he said he would sleep with his arm under a pillow mm-hmm. and, uh, his hand, like he was asleep and he opened his eyes and he saw this hand in his face and he went to move his arm. His arm was asleep. He couldn't feel it. So he thought it was so much. And, uh, he said he nearly beat the walls down in the bedroom <laughs> trying to get away from himself. So. <laughs> It's funny, you know, some of the, I don't know, man, some of the stuff you think about and you know, I, I've known people that like, you know, they, they dreamed they were standing at the urinal and they pissed the bed or, yes. or they wind up in the closet thinking they're in the bathroom and pee into the closet yeah, floor. Yeah. yeah. My, I had a cousin, uh, if you, I won't call your name, so I won't embarrass you, but, uh, he was, he was, a um, he was a, uh, repeat offender doing stuff like that. Oh yeah. He'd go over to the dresser and open the drawers and piss in them. <laughs> Or he'd stand in the middle of the bed and piss all over, you know, all over the place. Let's put so. some kitty litter in there. It'd be easier yeah. to clean it out. Yeah, and that Joker was scared to death of Freddy Krueger oh, when, yeah. that, when that movie, when Nightmare on Elm Street came out. See, I don't, I don't do horror movies. You had man. to leave the doors open for him, and so uh, when he'd be in there taking a shower, we'd cut the light off, and you're like, "Freddy's in the toilet," and that Joker <laughs> come out of there with shampoo in his hair, butt naked, screaming, running around the house, swinging soap on a rope like no we, jokes. We got, yeah, we got in trouble for a few times for that. So, yeah. um. Again, I'm I'm happy to have you in here and, and, and for us to get together. It's always good to see you. Uh, unfortunately, the topic we're going to talk about today is uh, we we typically talk about some pretty hard-hitting subjects uh, yeah, when you I, get I don't in. get called in here for the nice stuff, For the man. fun stuff. We can, yeah. we can make that for change. For the sunshine and rainbow. We can make that change. Ah. Um, but, uh, I like making people mad. I, today, actually, we're going to talk about Tyree Nichols. We're going to yeah. talk about the, the Memphis, uh, the gentleman in Memphis that was pulled over by the police. Uh, and then of course we all know that, you know, he was, he was assaulted and pretty much beaten to death by five officers. Um, the reason I got you in here on it is because we talk about the do's and don'ts when you get pulled over by the police. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so what I would like to get your perspective on is uh, as a police officer, what went wrong there? Mm-hmm. And as, as the person being pulled over, yeah. what went wrong there? Yeah. Before we do all of that, I went. I dug a little deeper, and I actually got uh, a heads up on this from Arlo. He couldn't be here today, so I appreciate him giving me a giving me a little bit of a 
Uh, well, I guess he does, a he does really good on research, though. So. He does. He, does, he does. Great on research. He's an excellent researcher, and yep. I'm not an excellent researcher. So uh, he he puts the brains in the show. Um, if you guys are from Georgia, uh, back in the '80s, there was a uh, a special task force uh, in Atlanta, Atlanta Police Department. Easy for me to say. Uh, they were known as the Red Dog Unit. Uh, and what the Red Dog Unit did was go out. And uh, they were tough on crime. Yeah, right? basically a crime suppression unit. Right. Yeah, so they're there. Supply. They're there to try to kind of, you know, kind of, I guess, be a little fearful. Yeah. You know, for yeah. for bad guys to be a little scared of. Them. Yep. Um. Well, typically when things like that happen, if there's not a no pun intended a tight leash on that, exactly right. It will get uh, out of hand in a hurry. I mean, you yeah. go back and listen to the Rampart uh, Division uh, podcast we did on on those group, that, the Rampart group in in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, they it's that one went on so long, and there were so many people involved with that. They were just they were basically organized crime with a badge. Yeah. That's how they were running things in L.A. So, yeah. but uh, we'll get back to Atlanta with the Red Dog Unit. Um, Everybody knew if the red dog unit, the red dog unit was coming into town, or get, you were getting pulled over, you were getting beat up. Like everybody, I mean, there's like a a laundry list of people yeah. who have been uh, accosted by officers in this unit. Uh, to the point, to one of the major one, of the, it was actually disbanded in 2011. Uh, one of the major things that happened: there was a 92 uh, 92 year old Catherine Johnson, and she was in her home. And they had a no-knock search warrant, yep. and they went in and started cutting. And she lived in a rough part of town, rough part of Atlanta. Yep. And they went in and started cutting the bars off of her windows and kicking in her door. Well, she had a gun. She had a firearm. She thought she was being burglarized, so she fired a warning shot off, you know, to try to, I guess, deter them or scare them or whatever. She didn't know it was a police department serving a drug uh, or doing a, a drug raid on the wrong house. At the wrong address, yeah. And so they returned with 39 shots and five or six of them, I think had struck her and killed her. Um, they, and initially nobody served any time for that. No, they, it was kind of like an, it was an accident. Oops. Our bad, you know, circumstantial, uh, accident. Um, I believe it did go into court, got pushed a little further. There was a lawsuit that was settled and, uh, I believe two officers got, got arrested. They, 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 they got charged, got charged with it. I don't know if they served any time, but they were charged. Well, more than likely, they probably had to serve some time because Georgia's usually pretty strict when it comes to, like, a violation of oath of office mm-hmm. charge. Um, usually, they if you get charged with that and you're found guilty, they're usually going to make you do a little bit of time at I least. Gotcha. But, um, but, yeah, so there's a lot of stuff wrong with that. First, the address was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just due diligence from that The wrong that house. Yeah. Like 100% yeah. went to the wrong house. And, that, and you know, it, it happens. It does. But so to get a no-knock warrant, and everybody just thinks that police just walk up and kick in your door. And that's not how it works. Um, basically, you have two types of warrants. You have a knock and announce warrant, which is what most warrants are, um, which is if I'm the breacher, right, like I was for um, for nine years on SWAT here in Rome. Basically, I walk up to the door. I got a ram in my hand. I got guys stacked up on the door, and it's knock on the door, police search warrant, police search warrant, police search warrant. I'm usually going to announce three times. Three strikes, you're out. And then I'm hitting the door. Yeah. Um, with a no-knock, usually the only time you're allowed a no-knock is if there is such a heightened sense of danger 
for the police officers, operators, whatever you want to call them, that um, they sign off on a no-knock. And no-knocks are very hard to get, especially around here. Like, you, you've you got to have a lot. Mm-hmm. And there's been times when we were granted a no-knock, but we still knocked and announced because right. there's no amount of dope worth a police officer's life. And so um, first thing um, – if you think somebody's breaking in your house, don't fire a warning shot. Yeah. Right. The only warning they get is when they catch one hot. Right. Um, I, I had a, uh, um, <laughs> my ex-wife used to always say that she was going to keep the bedroom door locked. And if somebody tried to get in the door, she would shoot up in the air and tell them she had a gun. And I'm like, okay, so now I got to call Rob to come fix my roof. Cause you <laughs> right. just put a hole in the roof. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, don't, don't fire warning shots. Um, you're, you don't know where that bullet's going. That could come back and really, really bite you in the rear end. Yeah. Um, but like I said, the agency, they, they, that group did a lot of stuff wrong. Um, they were very heavy handed. Some of that had to do with, um, they didn't have that choke chain. They didn't have that strong leadership because if you're going to be a leader in a specialized group like that, you cannot be their friends. You can't be their drinking buddies. You know, you have to be their boss. Yeah. And, and you have to watch like that a, kind of stuff. You're a drill sergeant. Yeah. yeah you got to go and get in the military. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, and it, look, with your drill it, it comes out because you got guys that are, that are really amped up, really turned on, really ready to go. And um, if you're in the front of the stack with them, you can't see the big picture. Right. Uh, we had this discussion um, up with my team in Walker County this past week. Um, you know, whereas a SWAT team leader or the, the QRF leader, whatever, never, ever needs to be number one in the stack. He needs to be back like number three or four so that he can see the whole big picture, see what's going on, kind of start directing traffic. Hey, because if, if things go sideways, you need that guy to be able to play by play yeah. in the courtroom. Well, and not just that, but you need somebody because if I'm number one in the stack and I go through that door, I see a door in front of me. That's all I'm focused on, right? Well, we get to an intersection and I got doors going both ways. Either I'm going to have to make a decision and everybody's got a key off me or the team leader's going to make a decision and say, hey, Manning, you hold this. We're going to clear the rest of it and we'll come back to you, which is the safest way to do it. And you usually kind of collapse on which side's bigger or whatever. So if I walk up to a hallway and to the left, I've only got two rooms, but then I got like a whole house full on the other side. We're going to hold the big side clear those two rooms, come back and then start, you know, finish clear the house. Gotcha. Um, um, so if you're going to be a leader in that group, you kind of got to be back a little bit so that you can see everything that's going on and basically direct traffic. Right. Um, when you have somebody who a group like that, that's kind of operating atomically. I mean, how do you say that word? Anatomically. Anatomically. I knew there was another N in there somewhere. Right. Anatomically. Uh, anatomically, they if you have a group that acts that way, um, they kind of start getting the mindset of they can kind of do what they want. Yes. And, That's um, what you see with these guys. And then most of the time, though, it, it's kind of like there's really no leaders in that, that. You know, it's all just a bunch of followers. Right. They see one guy doing something. It's like, oh, well, let's go do this because everybody else is doing this. Lead and by bad example. That's exactly that's what right. it is. And so that's what happened with the Red Dog Squad. And really, that's what happened in Memphis. Well, before we get there, one more thing, the Red Dog Squad. And this is what brought the whole disband, the, the, for them to disband these guys. Um, there was a, there was a gay nightclub in Atlanta called, uh, the Atlanta Eagle. Okay. Huh? So they had went in on a, uh, on a tip. 
that there was illegal drug trafficking and sex trafficking going on inside this club. Mm-hmm. So they go in. I don't really know the details of the warrant, if it was if it was falsified or what. But basically, the group went in and beat up a bunch of homosexual men. Mm. Uh, they... Uh, you know, yeah, we're you know yelling racial and uh, homophobic slurs. Uh, there's physical violence on a lot of the bar uh, patrons. Nobody was arrested for drugs. Nobody was arrested for sex trafficking. It's just basically they went in there beat and, somebody and, up and beat beat a bunch of uh, gay okay, men. Up. All right, we're done. Let's go to the varsity and get some food. Yeah, no, right. Yeah. What do you have? Um, so yeah, no, so that 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 can never happen. When that did happen, uh, they they saw out uh, legal advice and then they had actually turned around and sued the city of Atlanta to the tune of a $1 million in uh, 2009. It was actually settled. I believe I wrote that down somewhere. Um, I want to say 2011, it was finally settled uh, that amount of money. But once that happened, Mayor Kasim Reed uh, in Atlanta said no more. Yeah. Okay. The reason we talk about, we're talking about the red dog unit uh, is because the leader of the red dog unit at the time, all these things were going on with uh, Miss uh, Johnston being uh, murdered uh, on a, uh, a botched drug raid. And then uh, the, the antics and the things that went down uh, inside of the Atlanta Eagle uh, gay nightclub uh, and other various people were, were just beat up on the streets. Yeah. Um, the leader of that uh, unit was uh, Sarah Lynn C.J. Davis. The reason I bring her up is because the Memphis, Memphis, the infamous Memphis Scorpion unit uh, was also created and directed by police chief C.J. Davis wow. of Memphis Police Department. So first of all, how did she get a job? That's like, how do you get a job as a chief of police when you've had two major incidents under your command like that? I don't, I don't understand. It blows my mind. Yeah, it does mine too. Um, but yeah. Um, and the other thing, talk, going just for a second, going back to the warrant, right? So for me to get a search warrant, whatever I'm going to search has to be um, very meticulously explained, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't just say I'm going to 123 ABC Street, right? I have to say I'm going 123 ABC Street, it is a brick house with green shutters, a green front door, right? I have to be very meticulous in how I describe that building, right? Extremely, extremely, extremely. Well, yeah, neither yeah, one of us can talk. I haven't, I haven't okay, done da, 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 this da, da, da. in a while, yeah. so you figure extremely uh, detailed. Yeah, she had to be extremely detailed and meticulous with that. Um, and then what will happen? I mean, is, we were talking about Memphis, so I extremely. I know. Well, so. I mean, we're looking at Atlanta, <laughs> yeah. so but we. Uh, but then what you have is you have a meeting of the the team, whatever you're using, if it's a drug task force, if it's a SWAT or whatever, um, you have a meeting and you go over this kind of stuff and you look at a picture of the house and you look at the person you're looking for and you're looking at the people that live there. You know, nine times out of 10 on drug warrants, they bought from that house before. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you got a layout. Sometimes you know if they're dogs. Sometimes you know if they're kids. So... If the warrant says I'm going to 123 ABC Street and it's a brick structure with a green front door and green shutters and I get to 123 ABC Street and it's a white house with red shutters, hold on, we got a problem. And most of the time, like agents from drug task forces will go by that morning and just kind of verify, go, okay, there it is, this is where we're going. They'll take current pictures because if I'm looking at a house and I say, okay, it's a 
brick house with a green door and they decide to paint their front door in the time that the warrant's done. Now it's black. Uh Oh, that changes everything. It changes everything. So when they can kind of confirm that stuff, when they go the next, that, you know, pre raid. Um, so that kind of stuff has to be particularly, you know, written out as far as this is what we're doing. This is where we're hitting. This is what we're looking for. Um, a search warrant has to be written looking for something specific. Um, I can't just say uh, I'm looking for illegal items. You can't do that. Right. Right. Um, if I'm doing a dope warrant, I'm looking for dope. You got to have a just cause. Yes. I'm looking for dope. I'm looking for um, packaging, weighing materials. I'm looking for basically money that's been generated by illegal sales. Um, you know, I can't say I'm, I'm going in a house and I'm looking for an elephant and then start looking through the sock drawers. Right. Um, wherever I look, that item I'm looking for has to be able to be there. Yeah. So if I'm looking for an elephant, I have to only look in places that elephant can be. Now, if I'm looking for drugs, then I'm looking in places that drugs can be. Mm -hmm. So you just have to explain that in the warrant before the magistrate will sign it. Gotcha. And so when you have magistrates that don't do their due diligence and, you know, don't pay attention to stuff like that, then that's when we have problems. Gotcha. But like I said, it's really hard, especially around here, to get a no-not warrant. So, and this leads us to, to to the main thing that we're going to talk about, and I kind of wanted to lay lay this out uh, in the order of of uh, as best I can. Um, unfortunately, uh, on January the seventh, Tyree Nichols was pulled over for reckless driving. Um, he uh, was pulled over by the Memphis Scorpion unit, and uh, if you watch the video. I don't recommend watching the video. No. If you don't no. if you haven't seen it, don't watch it. I'm not telling anybody to watch it. It's it's probably one of the worst things I've ever seen. I mean it's it's don't pretty heinous, man. So I'll just kinda I'll just kinda go over it. Um uh they pull him over, they're trying to get him out of the car. He's asking, you know, what did I do wrong, sir? What 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 did I do wrong? You can tell he's scared. Like he's he's scared. You he's got twenty twenty nine. Yeah. yeah. And from everything I have seen he was actually a good guy. Yeah, he he, he was had, not, he not a no, career, no, no career, no career criminal, criminal stuff like that. Nothing. He was a good guy. Yeah, um, and I'll and I'll circle back to uh, when people say, "Well, he should have just got out of the car and did what they told him to do." I'll circle back on that too, and I'm gonna get your take on it as well. Um, he seems very afraid. Uh, they are being super aggressive, and they end up dragging him out of the car. Well, he he actually get starts getting out of the car, and then they grab him. Mm -hmm. They wrestle him to the ground. Uh, they spray him with mace. They tase him. Uh, still the whole time he's asking, what What did I do? At, at this point, you can tell he's afraid for his life. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can see, like, it's, it's just sheer fear in this guy's face. Uh, and he pulls away, and he runs, mm -hmm. which is terrible. Terrible idea. Yeah. But if you take a look at the way – the way everything's going, and I'm not a police officer, and I can't say, well, they should have did this, they should have did that, or what they did was right. Um, if this group of people, if the Scorpion unit has the same reputation that the Red Dog unit had in Atlanta, he knows he's getting pulled over and going to get the shit beat out of him. Mm -hmm. And he's trying at all costs not for that to happen. And he's afraid to get handcuffed because they're going to beat the shit out of him when yeah. they handcuff him. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because I think that's what he thought they were going to do. That's exactly what they did yeah. when they handcuffed him. Oh, yeah. um, so he gets away. 
And he runs, and he doesn't run very far. They chase him down. Uh, you've got five. He was in handcuffs when he ran, right? Uh, I want to say, I, I don't know. I can't remember. I, I've I've watched parts of the video, like you said. Man, well, I, I watched bad. it up to the part to where the when you start seeing the the stuff happen, and I just from from the time he was pulled over to that point was just like I forgot about. I just erased out of my brain because yeah. I couldn't believe what I was watching. Um. Uh, you got Tadarius Bean, you got Demetrius Haley, you got Emmett Martin the third, Desmond Mills Jr., and Justin Smith, uh, where five heavy hitting officers uh, from the Memphis Scorpion unit, uh, they chased him down and they got him, and they beat this man to death. Mm-hmm. They beat him to death. They even to the point to where they covered their body camera. They they cut him off. Did they cut him off for cover. I think they cut him off. So they cut him off. The only way you were able to see what happened to Nichols was there's a security camera in a mm-hmm. parking lot across the street yep. that filmed every bit of it, yep. every bit of it. So he was handcuffed. They would hold him up and full on. And I'm talking, these officers are huge. Yeah, these guys look like they play football. They for, look professional for, football yeah, players. They like to play football for the Falcons or something. The MMA guys, Bob's, think Bob Sapp. Yeah. A couple of these them. guys are big. Um, and, and to be in part of a unit like that, you, you've got to be you in some kind be, of physical yeah, shape. Absolutely. You've know? you got you to be, be able, able to run. You've got to be able to take care of yourself. Yeah, so, um, so, yeah, these are these are big, strong guys. you got two guys holding this guy up. He's, he's not a big guy. Uh, no, uh, he looks like he weighs about 180 pounds, yeah, maybe. Yeah, Nichols is a small, tall, lanky guy. Uh, they would hold him up. Two would have him held up, and and one would just rear back. I'm talking about rear back as far as he could, and just full on. Somebody even said, you know, he he looked like a human pinata. Yeah, they hit him. Um, they just over and, and over. And they actually hit him with a baton too. Yep. Right in the center of the back. Yep. So in baton training, uh, baton 101, um, the only areas you are taught to strike are in the legs and the arms, mm-hmm. large muscles, because I'm wanting that trauma, pretty much like a tie kick. Yeah, right. you don't want them to be able to use their arms against you. No, exactly. Yeah. I want that thing to go numb. I want that trauma um, and to get the response I need. Not trying to paralyze somebody by hitting them in the That's back. Right. So the areas you are not supposed to hit are the head and the spine um, for obvious reasons. You you are justified to hit the head if it's a le- if it's like a lethal force situation. Mm-hmm. If homeboy's got a pocket knife and I got a baton, yeah, I'm going to crack him right between the eyes. Absolutely. Right? But if it's not a lethal force situation, you are and the not, guy's handcuffed. Yeah, he's handcuffed, and you got five guys, dude. Yeah, giant guys. It's not. It's not like somebody's by themselves and he won't get in the patrol car. You've got five guys. He's he's in handcuffs. Supposedly trained officers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, th- there was nothing nothing good about that video at all. Now, I've I've seen all kind of people. Um, I saw a, a, a black female comedian was talking about it today on like TikTok or whatever. And she said, you know, I'm going to say something that nobody's going to like, but it's true. If he had complied, he would still be alive. And, and I, I, that is true. I, I believe to a point that is true. I would say 90% of the yeah. time that's true. Yeah, it is. Well, I would say 99. 99? Okay. Yeah, 99% of the time. It's true. Um, if, if people would comply, yes. Um, I have been around guys that they get in a foot chase. They have to chase the guy down. They have to fight him on the ground, whatever. They're hopped up. They're hopped up, man. They don't know how to handle that adrenaline. Right. Right. It's like we talked about a while ago. Um, you know, we have a we have a friend, a joint friend, and um, dude walks up and punches him in the face at a restaurant, and he smiles at him, you know, because 
he's been there before. He knows what he can do. He knows what he can handle. Yeah. Right? That he's poor ca- bastard. Yeah, dude. He looked like a buzzsaw got a hold of him. And so, um, but these guys don't have that. These guys don't have that confidence that comes from training. We've talked about that before too. You don't wake up one morning and go, huh, I'm going to be confident today. You know, you build confidence by doing the right thing over and over and over again. You build confidence by being in those situations and being able to handle them and not freaking out. Right. And so we had a, had one time this guy got in a foot chase. And I don't know if you know where um, uh, Water Street is uh, right down here in um, off uh, Martin Luther King, right there where the uh, um, housing project is. Okay. Yeah. So if you go basically from Martin Luther King down waters, it goes up this huge hill and down the other side, and it comes out on um, Kingston Avenue on the other end. So guy's in a foot chase. He chases him all the way over that hill. I mean, he's struggling. He kind of trips him and knocks him down. Well, when he goes to get on him on the ground, I get to him, and I can see the look in his eyes. And I'm like, dude, I got it. And I grabbed him and kind of moved him out of the way because at that point in time, I had to be my brother's keeper because I knew – he he might have got a little out of hand. Gotcha. Right. So I had to be the voice of reason that that slid in there and 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 put the guy in cuffs and you know and kind of kept my guy from from hurting him and ruining his career. Mm-hmm. And it's all bumped off of adrenaline. Whereas guys, you know, people like that me and you know, and even us years ago, or whatever. Um, when you train enough, you don't get frustrated. You don't get mad. You don't. You know. Um, People always get amazed when my uh, when my best friends Brandon Broom he works with me and Walker we teach all the DT up there. Um, everybody's amazed that when me and him are like dealing with people or having to wrestle with people, or whatever. It's like we ain't even breathing hard. It's just kind of like eh, whatever. Okay, here let me have that. No, okay, let me have that. Uh, that don't feel good, does it? You know, it's just like whatever. It's another day at the office, but it's because we've had, dude. I mean, I've been doing martial arts for thirty years. Yeah, I mean. It's, a lot of times of getting punched in the face and punching other people and stuff like that. So when you have guys that are really amped up and not saying steroids are involved, I don't know, but they're big guys. <laughs> um, but when you have stuff like that and they have been operating anatomically, anatomically, whatever that dang word is. <laughs> anonymously. Anonymously. <laughs> I about said an, anatomically, whatever it is. That's it. Is it anatomically? It. Okay. Whatever. Um, <laughs> big words are hard, dude. I'm telling you, <laughs> I've had no sleep. I <laughs> I slept two hours yesterday, then I worked all night, and I ain't been asleep yet. Oh my god, yeah, I'm struggle busting. I need some, I need some blackout coffee company. Yeah, you do. I need some brutal awakening. Yeah, you do. But um, I can fix you up with that. There you go. I got some at the house. Okay, but um, so you get those kind of guys that are amped up. They get put in that situation, and nobody really knows how to handle it. They just go off of aggression mm-hmm. and. Sometimes aggression is the answer, but not always. Right. And you have to be able to mash the throttle and pull off and mash the throttle and pull off. So I'm mashing the throttle. I'm chasing you as hard as I can. I'm mashing the throttle. I'm going to tackle you. I'm going to get you on the ground. I'm going to get your hands secured. And then I'm off the throttle and I got to take a breath. And what will happen a lot of times is and we see it in DT class. um, They get somebody on the ground. They start jerking and yanking and just trying to pull. Um, when all I need to do is just take a breath. Right. You know, you know as well as I do. Yeah. If somebody puts you in a dang rear naked choke, what's the first thing you're going to do? You got to relax. You're going to relax, dude. Because if you don't, you're going to nut up yeah. and you're going to make that thing tight. Yeah. You're going to make it easy for yeah. them. Yeah. So. You know, you just take a deep breath and usually it creates a little bit of space and I'm trying to slide my hand in there and start working it away. 
But um, but when you got guys that that don't have that and they've been operating without any strong leadership whatsoever, it's just a recipe for disaster, man. You go back and look at the video, and we talk about too, like we we were saying how you know the adrenaline it's a huge adrenaline dump. Oh, you know, yeah, there's man. things going on. If you go back and watch the video after they after they beat this guy completely, just beat the shit out of him. He's still handcuffed. They got him propped up against the car. He's just falling over, like losing consciousness or whatever. Uh, they did. They gloated. You know, they were like they were, bra- they were bragging about it. They taking, were taking pictures, taking of the guy. pictures of the guy, sending yeah. them to other people at yeah. the police office. One guy sent uh, the, he sent it to a female he was dating, like making a spectacle out of it. The um, bad people do bad things, man, mm-hmm. and sometimes bad people have a badge. You're exactly right, and people are people, yeah. and you know, um. And dude, like I'm said, there is there's nothing good about that whatsoever. You can't you can't show me that enough. You can't point. You can't rationalize no, you can't, anything that you, happened. You in that can't video. rationalize it all and say, hey, this is okay because it's not. And then real quickly, they're like, oh, he's high, he's high, he's mm-hmm. high, man. No, okay, maybe he was, but you know what? He was more high. He was more scared than he was anything. Yeah, and he but, knew. But even if even if he was high, you still, still don't, you still, still don't give don't you that give right. right. Uh-uh. Yeah. Not at the guys on the ground, and I've got five people. If I've got five people and there's one of him, I don't have to get in a hurry. Time's on my side. Yeah. Right? I got plenty of options. Slow down and settle down, and that mm-hmm. was the problem. And then it goes to they slip almost into what I, I would call uh, gang mentality. Yes. Right? It's what a gang would do, yep. jumping on somebody, yep. four and five people, beating thug, them down. Thug, it's it's, it's thug, thug life. Thug, thug mentality. It is. It's thug mentality. It's what you would see in a gang. And um, and that's kind of the mentality they got to. And I think a lot of that has to do with poor leadership. Um, probably a lot of that had to do with selection and who they put on that unit. Yep. And I'll say this, just kind of chill everybody out. You know, the officers are African-American. You know, they're, you know thug mentality, whatever. Same group of uh, a different group of officers in Atlanta, known as uh, the White Boys for Justice, mm-hmm. were a bunch of big, burly white dudes uh, involved in steroid rings. Uh, that were. Did you ever hear anything about these guys? Uh-oh, this is in the nineties. So uh, they again, those White Boys of Justice police unit in Atlanta in the nineties um, were committing crimes, and uh, actually, they robbed a. I want to say they they robbed a guy that owned a strip club. So, but yeah. they, those guys also thug mentality. Yeah. So just well, want to clear that up. Well, and also we talked about selective units like that. It seems to be when people get a part of that unit, the longer they stay in it, the more chance there is for them to step over the line. Yeah. You know, because they start seeing, hey, this guy's got a lot of money. You know, this guy's got some cool cars, and there's fifty thousand dollars laying here. Yeah. I mean, that's if you go back and listen to that Rampart. Yeah, uh, that's what those. That's how those guys. They were busting these well, big time drug dealers. I don't know if you keeping were, the money, keeping I, the drugs. I don't know if you were in school. Well, you had to be because you ain't that much younger than me. Um, remember that guy that was on the drug task force unit when we were in like middle school, and he got busted for dealing. Uh, mm-hmm. Tommy Pruitt, I think his name was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, that situation. You're around those kind of people time after time after time after time. That kind of stuff just starts flowing over onto you. And if he's leading the unit. The the other guys are watching the same thing. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know they're going to get their piece of the pie too, or they're okay. going to tell somebody. Yeah, you know, so exactly it's just right. a big nasty. Well, and cycle. that's the thing. It's like if I, the only way I'm going to trust you, is is if you do this line of coke. 
Yeah. Or the only way I'm going to trust you is if you take this 20 grand. Yeah. Um, or we beat, we just beat this guy. You go plant a gun on him. Well, Ron, you know? I'm, I'm Ron PD had one when I still worked there, Ed Cox, same way. He was part of the drug task force. Um, he wound up getting popped because he was, uh, conspiring with the, with the drug dealers and letting them know where the cops were at and where they were coming. Unbelievable. You know, yeah. but it's everywhere. It I mean, is small everywhere. town Rome, Georgia. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, everywhere. it's everywhere. And I think I, me personally, I feel like the longer time you spend in a unit like that, the more chance that there is that some of that's going to fall I, off. I, on I, you. I, I, I completely agree with you because I mean, let's be honest, law enforcement officers are way underpaid for what okay, they do. Dude. Way underpaid. I mean, you're looking at a $20,000 bonus laying there that belonged to a drug dealer. Yeah. Who's going to miss it? Yeah. Nobody. Who's going to care? Yeah. Right. Going to be my word against his. When mm-hmm. we go to court, they ain't going to believe him. Hey, no. And, you know, and I had, I had this situation one night, man, and I can't remember if I had a rookie or not. I had, it was right before I left Rome or got left from Rome, however you want to say it. <laughs> but, um, I arrested this guy for some dope, whatever. And he had like 400 bucks cash in his pocket. And so I was like, Hey man, here's your money. I'm, I'm going to put it back in your pocket. Cause I don't like holding stuff. And he's sure. like, he's like, where's mother money? I said, what are you talking about? He's like, dude, I had like 1200, $1,200 more dollars. I was like, there's nothing in your pocket. I had his pockets turned inside out. I said, there's nothing in your pockets. No, man, I had 12 more dollars. You took my money. I said, dude, I, I did everything in front of video camera. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't touch money unless I'm in front of a camera. Sure. I said, I don't have your money, bro. So we leave and, um, I'm putting stuff in evidence. I got dope and I've got these, uh, Cigalero wrappers that have THC in them. So, um, I was going to, I was going to throw them away and not charge them with them. I was just going to, um, have them destroyed. Mm-hmm. So I set him on my lieutenant's desk while I'm doing my other evidence. And he hollers at me and he says, Hey, come here a minute. I come in there. And he said, did you look in this package? And I was like, I mean, I smelled of it. Cigaleros. And he said, look down in that packet. was $1,200. Really? $1,200 bills rolled up in there. Oh, wow. And I was like, Damn. Oh, oh, there is his money. It is his money. We're going <laughs> to seize it, but it is his. <laughs> it belongs to us now. But dude, I was like, I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. But man, it made me feel horrible. Sure. Because that guy thought I stole his money. I didn't steal it. I just didn't find it. Right. And so, uh, so man, it just, it kind of, kind of made me feel bad for a few days. I was like, damn, dude, that, yeah. that could have went sideways for me. And I didn't do anything wrong. And I almost threw it away. I almost had it destroyed. You just burned this man's money. I know. I was burning <laughs> money up. But uh, so the more you're involved in that and the more you're around those kind of people, um, man, it's like you see cops that wind up having relationships with people, you know, that they arrest, you know, they arrest some drunk girl DUI and she's in the back seat saying, Hey, if you'll just pull over, we'll work this out. And, you know, and the cops like, well, that happens too. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It happens all the time. And so, um, <sighs> cops are human period. Yep. And people expect cops to be superheroes and we're not. We make mistakes. We do stupid stuff. Um, we got bills. We got struggles. Um, honestly, sometimes we got more bills than, than most people would ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, you got agencies that won't pay enough. You got agencies that won't pay overtime. Um, it's hard. And it's hard to make a living and, and have anything, man. I'm right. not talking about, dude, going out and having bass boats and all this other kind of stuff. You know you're not going to have that stuff when you join when you get this career, but just having stuff, you know, having a decent car or having being able to take your kids on vacation, crap like that, man, wears on you when you can't afford that. And then you see these dope dealers 
just spending money like it's going out of style. Yeah. So I get it. You know, yeah, you I get see, it. You see where it goes. I mean, what 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 makes people? Yeah, make, what I mean that separates you from the good people and the bad people. Well, too, and that's, so. I saw this guy on TikTok today. He said, "You know, police officers, y'all are by far better humans than ninety nine percent of the humans in the world mm-hmm. because you see people at their worst and you still try to do a good job." Right now, these guys in Memphis. They that didn't was try not, to do a good job. Yeah, that was not the case. It was all about power. Right. It was all about being in control. Um, that guy did not did not do what they told him to at that moment in time, um, and he ran, and they're going to beat him up. Yeah. And when you take a authoritative authoritarian approach, um, that's when you get in trouble. Um, I have noticed myself, I have to be careful with my kids because in law enforcement, you know, they always teach you. You ask them, you tell them, and you make them. Well, how do you think that works with a seven-year-old little boy? (laughs) It makes it difficult. It's like, hey, hey, Bear, pick them underwear up by the floor. Yes, sir. He goes and does something else. Bear, I told you to pick them underwear up out of the floor. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. I forgot. Ten minutes later, it's like, boy, I'm going to beat you with a stick. (laughs) You know? But you you can't do that. And you have to be able to turn that switch off and go from police officer, sheriff's deputy, whatever you want to call yourself, to daddy. Yeah. And it's hard sometimes, you know, especially when you work night shift, you're running on two and three hours sleep. And you got somebody getting in here doing a podcast and they had two hours of sleep. That's fun though. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but you know, people just expect police officers to be perfect. Mm-hmm. They expect us to never cuss. They expect us to never get mad. They expect us to not have any kind of emotions. And that's, but yet when somebody's hurting, or when somebody's on the side of the road and ain't got no food, or when some little kid got their bicycle stolen, now they expect you to have a heart and have emotions and go buy that kid a new bicycle for Christmas. Yeah. Or they expect you to get that homeless person, you know, $20 to get him some food, and now they're going to post it all over Facebook. How do you feel about that? What's that? How do you feel about those uh, posts that people, <sighs> some of them you can tell it's it's a, a civilian did it. Yeah. Some of them look like, an agency did it. An agency did yeah. it. Yeah, you can I can see go that. ahead and tell you. you can see that sometimes. I can go ahead and tell you the agency that I worked for in the past definitely would not do that. That's, um, that's good to know. They wouldn't even acknowledge it if you did it the right way. So it's not good. I mean, that, that's, <laughs> they didn't acknowledge a whole lot of stuff. But anyway, right. unless you were certain ones. <laughs> but uh, but I mean, I don't know. You know, I I think and and I will always think until somebody proves me wrong. Most cops are trying to do a really hard job and trying their best. Yeah. Um, it's almost an impossible job. And a lot of times it is. You are underpaid, underpaid, die, die. you're undertrained, uh, you're understaffed. You're overworked. You're overworked, you know, because agencies now are expecting one person to do the job of three. Yeah. You know, it's like, you oh, well, you're going to be this supervisor. Well, guess what? I'm going to let you do this. And also, I need you to serve on this committee, too. You know, oh, but I'm not going to pay you anymore. You're not going to get overtime for it. No, heck what? no. That's no. crazy talk. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> right. You're lucky you got a job, yeah. Dion. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you, people expect all this kind of stuff, but they don't expect it out of their doctor. Right. They don't expect it out of their mailman. They don't expect it out of their roofer. They expect it out of their medical device sales rep. Yeah. <laughs> I heard. You heard? Somebody heard. told you? Somebody told me that. But, uh, you know. Um, I posted it, that that uh, picture the other day. It's got uh, Sissy Spacey, uh, Spacey when she was uh, 
Carrie. Yeah. She had the blood covered all yeah. over it at the yeah. bottom. I said, sure, I could fit that into my schedule. I was yeah. like, I feel this. I it's feel ex- this one. It's exactly this is, right, This is exact. So. Well, you know, it's like I worked all night one night, and I had a subpoena to be in court the next day. Um, and that was the day I was supposed to be in jury too. And I, I called the jury and I was like, um, jury department. And I was like, look, I can't be there. I was like, well, you got that. I said, I got a grand jury subpoena. I can't be yeah. there. Come across the street and arrest me. Yeah. They gonna have to, you have to come arrest me. And so they're like, oh, well, okay, we'll fill out this affidavit and have it turned in by tomorrow. I was like, no, I'm that working tonight. They have yeah. And so, but I worked all night long. I went to court that morning. And so usually they would put like beside my name, they'll put it in for night shift and they try to try to get you through the process quick. Mm. Dude, I sat there for like three hours. Ugh. And finally, when they called one of the other guys from our agency, he goes, Hey, why, why don't you let Manning go? Cause he worked last night and he's got to work tonight. Yeah. You know, and he's got an hour, about a 45 minute drive home. So go ahead and let him go. I'm, I'm fine. And so, um, so yeah, man, you're, you expect so much from people. But when they do show they're human, you know, when you when you say a bad word to them and hurt their feelings, everybody getting their feelings hurt these days. Or you call them Karen, yeah, you know, because they call you about stupid stuff. You know, you got this big old burly. We had this big old burly guy the other night, man. He calls because his neighbors are being loud. I got loud music. I said, "You go over there and ask him to turn it down." Well, no, I'm scared. <laughs> Why? Well, I mean, I don't know who them people are. I'll get them. Get to meet them. Yeah. I you mean, might have got a hot dog out of it, dude. But I mean, but when we were kids, did you not know people lived near you? I knew everybody that lived near me. Oh, I was playing at their house. Yeah, we were in their house. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, mean, I'd, sure. go, I'd go drink out of their water hoses as quick as I would my own. Yeah. And nobody thought nothing about it. But now, dude, nobody knows nobody. Yeah, I don't know my neighbors now. Everybody's stuck in the house. Right. And so, um, but yeah, he, w- he wouldn't go tell his neighbors and ask them, not even be a jerk, just not ask them to turn the music down. Mm-hmm. Or you get people and they'll call like, this music is so loud. I'll literally be standing at the front door and barely hear it. Do you remember when they had the festival here out in the Kingston area? Oh, gosh, yeah. And, and all the 911 calls? Dude. Those people, should they should have went out there and arrested those people for, well, for calling it in. But I understand they're upset. I mean, you know, it's the same way with River Jam every year. Or the or the air show. Yeah. I mean, River Jam calls There's planes us, flying over my house. I know. You live by the airport, you dumbass. Well, what do you think is going to happen? River Jam probably causes more... 911 calls than fireworks do. I believe. Oh, wow. I, I, I would not have thought that. Yeah, dude. It is constant. Tell them to turn it down. I, I can't. You know, they got a permit till this time. You tell Luke Brown to turn that shitty music down <laughs> right now. It's shaking my house. Well, I can't help you. I'm sorry. I really am. Buy a bigger house. That's I don't right. know. But don't live over there. I don't yeah, know what to tell move. you. Move. No. But, uh, but, you know, people just expect so much. And. When they don't get what they want, they get offended, and now it's the police's fault. Yeah. You know, they, they want you to keep their streets safe until you pull them over for blowing that stop sign. Yeah. Or they want you to keep the streets safe until you pull them over for running 25 miles an hour over the speed limit. Or you're almost rearing somebody to, uh, playing yeah. with your cell phone. Yeah. I can't, dude, I cannot tell you how many times I've almost been rear-ended at a red light mm-hmm. by people playing on their damn phone oh well, no. yeah dude when i did sales and i covered marietta and atlanta and stuff i would literally be driving down 75 and there'd be people beside me with a newspaper stretched out over their steering wheel reading the newspaper while they're driving down the road i had a i went to i went on a trip one time uh when i worked with another company and we were driving uh, i think we were in nebraska or something anyways the guy that was driving the rental car he had his cell phone popped up 
with Netflix watching a movie, mm-hmm. driving. I was like, look, I mean, there's two two things going to happen. You're going to cut that phone off and drive. I'm going to throw that son of a bitch out of the window. But those, one of those two things are going to happen. Yeah, because I, I ain't dying because you want to watch a movie. And he's like all over the place. He's like, yeah. you know, off the side of the road and stuff. So anyways, he, he ended up uh, turning it off. Yeah. It worked yeah. out. So these these guys, these five, uh, I mean, nothing, let's call them thugs. Uh, here's the charges they're looking at. Uh, they all are incarcerated right now. Uh, second degree murder charge, aggravated assault, kidnapping, official uh, misconduct and official oppression. Okay. So and that official misconduct is basically like a violation of the office. Um, I don't know what the oppression charge would be in Georgia. I've never heard of it before. Yeah. Um, it's a new one to me. The murder charge um, in Georgia, basically there's really three types of murder charges in Georgia. Number one is what's called malice murder. Um, that means you meant to do it. You have to prove that they intended to do it. Um, the second one is uh, called felony murder. Um, which is probably what that would be. Uh, and that is basically when a murder happens during the commission of a felony. So let's say you go kidnapping. In, yes. Or let's say you go into rob a liquor store and you point the gun at the store owner and you he reaches on the counter, him. you smoke him. Then you're looking at felony murder because of the felony of armed robbery. Gotcha. Um, of course, aggravated assault. Basically you've got a weapon and you cause a uh, great bodily harm or, or whatever. Um, kidnapping. Yes. Just with him being in cuffs and then, yeah, well, so with kidnapping, you have to prove movement. Uh, but, I mean, them chasing him and everything else, that's kind of where that came from. I got you. Um, plus, them picking him up, snatching him up, dragging him, whatever, yeah. is, is going to fall into that. Uh, in Georgia, they probably would have charged him aggravated battery, Yeah, which basically means um, with aggravated battery, let's say I take a baseball bat and I crack your jawbone, right, because of that broke bone and you've lost use of that body part, that's where you get aggravated, aggravated. battery from. okay. Yeah. Um, but I mean, all of those are major felonies and, uh, I, I don't see them getting out of that one. I don't see those dudes getting out of jail yeah. ever. Like I, 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 and and a lot of people think, oh, well, the police don't ever get prosecuted. And that's not true. It's not true at all. Um, the, the issue is a lot of times, number one, uh, the cops handle it the right way. Like you look at, um, Michael Brown issue in Ferguson, you know, everybody was blowing up and all this kind of stuff. Um, but he actually handled that pretty much right the best way he could. Um, but then the media does not come back and say, oh, hey, we were wrong for inciting all this violence. Uh, he was right. He was he was okay. You know, I mean, think of what they try to do to Kyle Rittenhouse, and he wasn't even a cop. Right. And so, but one thing that I thought was interesting in all of this, right, uh, because this right here, this was, this was heinous. This was reckless. This was just everything bad that can be, right? You heard, you've seen one single riot? No. Not one. Not one. But you know what? The news media did try to push it oh, yeah. uh, to be a, a racial mm-hmm. issue. Yep, they did, they, even though. Until they got the yeah the, the, the numbers. So. Well, and so then um, you look at George Floyd, right? Um, I heard the numbers on uh, something the other day. After George Floyd, there was 4,700 protests and riots in the United States. Around 1,000 of those became violent, and there was around 200 buildings burnt to the ground. For a career criminal who was high on fentanyl, Mm -hmm. who had a very abusive past towards law enforcement and towards his girlfriend and everything Mm -hmm. else, but now we got this... From what everything has shown, a really nice guy yeah. 
who's just trying to live his life, who, uh, hey, guess what? He was driving reckless. Whoop, okay. Uh, that's me every day. Yeah. Hope I don't ever get a policeman yeah. behind But, I mean, <laughs> worst case scenario that should have been was him going to jail and getting cited and losing his license. Yeah. That's really the worst. Now, yeah. yes, he, he should have cooperated. But some of the things that they were doing that led up to him taking off – I would have been scared too. Sure, man. I would have been terrified. I mean, and, would have been so, terrified. So I get it. Um, but like I said, the uh, 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 there just there was nothing good about that at all. And um, there's no we, we haven't seen any any type of riots, any type of anything like that for somebody who was by most people what they say a, a really good person. You know why? Because it it does not fit an agenda. Oh yeah, that fit agenda. It does not fit, fit an a narrative. Yeah, yeah. Because and and to be I honest still, with you, you don't hear anything about it on the news anymore either. Mm-mm. It's pretty much one of those stories that's came and gone. Yeah, and, and those guys are going to go to prison, and they should. We still talk. We build we build monuments. Yeah, uh, for George Floyd. Yeah, still. And Still. and you know as well as I do, man. And I, I and I'm really, not saying that was a, that was the right thing either. You it know? wasn't, but I also don't think, I don't think that police officer totally caused that death. I don't either. That's you just know? my personal because opinion. I don't either. They said he died of asphyxiation, mm-hmm. right? But there was no damage to the throat, right? He had his knee on, knee on the back of his neck, mm-hmm. which is totally wrong. I get yeah, that, yeah, right? Yep. Um, but if you strangle somebody to death. There's going to be damage to the throat. Yeah. You're going to have, yeah. You have trauma. Trauma to the yeah, throat. You have something. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, I, I just, I don't see it. Mm-hmm. Right. There's no way for it to be a carotid choke because you, you can't shut he, off both no. carotids. Mm-mm. Not with that, not with that, not in that position. No, not at all. And so that's why I'm like, I, I don't, I yeah. don't buy that he died from asphyxiation. Maybe he had a heart attack. Probably from During the fentanyl. The, exactly. Right? And exactly. so, you know, and, and that's what's like right now, man. Um, I think we had three die in Walker County like last week from fentanyl overdose. Uh, I did CPR on one uh, right before that happened that overdosed. Um, and I think Katusa had three or four. I mean, it's nasty. So wrapping up on this, and then let's touch on that for real quick sure. too. Um, hopefully these guys go to prison for a very long time. Yeah. Um, I don't know how uh, uh, Tyree Nichols' family will ever find any peace any solitude, any, I mean. But you, but you saw that uh, President Biden sure did ride that horse last night. I didn't even watch that shit. Well, I just saw the highlights this morning. And, 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 and granted, those people, man, they did not need to be at the State of the Union address. They need to be home uh, trying to find some kind of some kind of peace. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you don't find yeah. it. in the, Because last night, from the things that I saw, it was a circus in there, dude. It's always like that now. But he, dude, I mean, just people screaming. He'd say something and people yelling. If you will watch, a, a, there's documentaries, there's videos. You can go on YouTube. You can look this stuff up because uh, you don't got to take my word for it. Um, but you can watch uh, people. I forgot what it's called. Um, it is. It is every single person is suffering from dementia or Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Every single person has this specific walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I had the, the medical term for it, but uh, 
watch him walk. Watch him walk anywhere he goes. Mm-hmm. He's so fucking confused. He's looking around. He don't know what's going on. See when he walked across the, the yard of the White House the other day? Yeah. He's like, he just, he was supposed to be going one direction. He just Dude, he's going, walking. Yeah, he's like, he, Forrest, come he, back, Forrest. He, yeah. <laughs> it's like, stop, Forrest, stop. Um, which, at this point, it is, for anybody to say that this man is not on the downslide of, of whatever his condition condition is, is is a complete buffoon and you got his wife who is a doctor i don't know what she's a doctor of but maybe they need to start investigating her for elderly abuse at this point know. but you know last night just the highlights they I saw, said he was sharp last night he actually, so they had him dumped full of peptides and something uh, man and, and they him, probably coached him and he probably had a little earpiece mm-hmm. and, and everything else he still can't answer a question yeah if you no. ask him a question, like no, you, he's you've done. derailed the monitor. He yes. can't. Everything falls apart. That's yes. when he just turns around and walks off. Yeah, if he can read, he's okay. Yeah, but um, dude, like those people, don't you wish they'd do the monitor like they did on Anchorman? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Those, those poor people, though, you can't were, put that on there. You know, Burgundy uh, reads whatever's on the monitor. Yeah, that'd be funny. That would be great. I tell you today that I slept with a monkey. I slept <laughs> with a monkey. I tell you. I tell you. I did the thing. Come on, man. <laughs> but back to what I was saying, man, those poor people were in the middle of that dang circus. Yeah. And, and he just used it for sympathy, man, just to yeah. booster him. Yeah. And I, I call just, it pandering at its yeah, finest. I can't, I can't stand that, dude. Yeah, I know. But like I said, man, it's just, there's a lot of crazy crap going on, but the majority of your police officers and sheriff's deputies and state troopers or whatever, um, Man, they're they're good people trying to do a hard job. Granted, um, they're undertrained, they're understaffed, they're under way underpaid, especially for what they do. And way overworked and way overworked. Yeah. Um, and, and then you look at kind of some of the use of force situations that have happened with police officers. And the Gracies said, and, and there's um, no, it's not the Gracies actually. Uh, Chad Lyman. Um, Chad Lyman is a um, police officer with uh, North uh, with Vegas Metro. Um, he is the head jujitsu coach for Randy Couture's gym. I read this company called Code Four Concepts. I actually commented on one of his posts and asked if he had classes coming to Georgia. And he asked for my phone number, and I've talked to him twice on the phone. Really cool guy. But um, he he always says that most excessive force uh, issues start with a under use of force. So basically, you grab hold of somebody, you're trying to be nice, try to get you know. Next thing you know, you've, you've, you're fighting with them. Yeah, person. you're fighting with them, right? Um, if you, whereas if you just dumped them, put them on their head, then we'd been done. Right. Um, and so I like a lot of the stuff he teaches, but me and him were talking last night, actually through text. And I said, well, we were talking about another, um, family that teaches, uh, jujitsu for police officers. And I said, my issue with that is you have a jujitsu guy teaching police officers. Whereas you are a police officer teaching jujitsu mm-hmm. and everything you teach revolves around jujitsu and everything around jujitsu revolves around policing for you. And that is what we have to have. Jujitsu is not the answer. A system based S- off specific of jujitsu is the answer. Yeah. And, and so that's kind of what, that's what a lot more agencies are trying to get toward, but they don't have people in their area that are trained in that way. I mean, how many different ways do you know how to choke somebody? Literally. A bunch. A bunch. Yeah. 
in a law enforcement situation, how many times do you think you can choke somebody? You get a hit like a head and arm. But no, I mean, luckily. But in but in oh, a situation, you can't can yeah, choke anybody. But I mean, that you're justified to choke somebody. Okay, you're not. You're not. No police None. agency now Nothing. is will justify yeah. neck restraints. Yeah. Even though I can put a rear naked choke on you, and it's not going to cause any damage to you whatsoever. Yeah. Now I can tell you uh, straight up, uh, got high on cocaine, high on crack. I don't know what it was. Uh, my sambo instructor, which also was a black belt in jujitsu as well. Um, n- the officers in the room were scared of this guy. They wouldn't, they didn't, nobody wanted to, I mean, this guy's whipping the shit out of everybody. And, uh, Tony just strolls up to him, takes his back, puts him to sleep. Mm-hmm. He got in trouble for that. Yep. He was like, you know, I, I'm in control. I'm not going to kill this guy. Yeah. I know when to let him go. I'm yeah. in control. You and know? that, but, and that's the problem because they're not, but he's beating the hell out of everybody in the room. Nobody's doing anything. And and nobody wants to pay for that kind of training right. to put people on the right page. Yeah. And so then you got guys that are doing rear naked chokes that don't need to be doing them. What I used to tell Tyler when he was in elementary school and got picked on, when they go limp, let him go. go. That's right. Let him go. That's it. You know how many times he got picked on after that? Yeah. And I told Bennett None. the same thing. You yeah. know, Barrow just headbutt you. He don't care. Yeah. But um, he told her the best one. He was like, yeah, hey, he's like, he just kept on dad and I uh, choked him with my hoodie. I choked him with his hoodie. And I was like, kind oh, of boy. There you go. <laughs> well, and, and man, and that we have to teach our kids that because, you know, me and Bennett had this discussion the other day. She's got a little boy picking on her. Yeah. And she about smacked him the other day. And yeah. I said, look, you're not going to get in trouble. Yeah. Not here. Nope. I said, you might get in trouble at school. We're going to go hang out for I the said, day. I said, but guess what's going to happen? Dad's going to take you to buy ice cream. Yep. You know, yeah. I'm going to ask two questions. Did you keep your hands up and did you throw combinations? <laughs> right. You know, if you keep your hands up and you throw combinations, you're, you're good not with daddy. In, you're not in trouble. So. Yep. so, but you know, I just, um, it's a sad situation. I hate it. I really do. Um, I would like to know, and we may be, we may need to do a follow up on this thing too. I want to see what happens to, uh, Sarah Lynn, uh, Davis, CJ Davis, as she's known, uh, in the, in the, uh, you know, in the house, in the police house, in the police house. Yeah, she. Uh, I want to know what happens to her. Where does she go after this? Well, does she get reprimanded? She, she should because she is ultimately responsible, and she's showing a pattern. Yeah, of, and of it falls under it falls under vicarious liability. Yeah, and so me as a training officer, like if I've got a rookie and they screw up, guess who it falls on first? You, me. But it all always it goes up the chain. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because most of the time in those situations, especially excessive force situations. They going after the pockets anyway. Mm-hmm. They know this guy right here ain't got no pockets, so they are gonna go on up the chain. Sure. The people's got the money. That's right. And then you get to the county the, the, or the city, yeah, and they're gonna write a check just because they don't want to deal with it. That's what happened uh, in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. That's what happened with the Red Dog yep. uh, when they when they went in there and, and beat up all those homosexual men in that club. I yeah. mean, that's they, they went after the city. They got paid, so. and that's what they're gonna have to do. Yeah. Um, you know, and and talking about that with the Red Dog thing, probably why a lot of those guys did not get charged is they probably had no idea that was at the wrong house. Sure. They may have not had a, like a pre-brief. They probably just said, hey, when we roll up, the house we pull up in front of, that's where we're going. They're only doing what they're directed to do mm-hmm. by one specific yeah. main person. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, and it's it, just it falls back mess. on that person. So I, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see if they do anything with her. Um, they should. Yeah. She, something should happen. Right. Uh, I would imagine Memphis is probably going to fire her just because. Just because. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully, prayerfully, she will never get another job in law enforcement ever. But the sad part is, she will. She'll get a job somewhere. She'll get a job. Somewhere. She'll get a job somewhere like with, with within a city, like a management something or whatever. Yeah. But um, I hope. You know, <laughs> it's funny because um, 
I can't believe Georgia did not suspend her post. Yeah. Because they suspended for stuff like that. I'm su- I'm surprised they didn't. But um, I don't know if she got fired from Atlanta or, or how all that I think happened. she left on her own accord. I don't, think they, I don't think they fired her. So. Probably before she got fired. Yeah. Probably like, I'm out yeah. here. They gave her heads up. Yeah. Good Here's job. your options. You get fired or you can leave. Yeah, yeah. So, so. Kind of like a Catholic priest. <laughs> Sorry. So uh, what I'd like to talk about on the next episode, we'll get you back in here. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about the real dangers of this fentanyl <sighs> epidemic that's sweeping across uh, oh, the United States. Yeah. As I got, we got some firsthand experience, dude. That, I'm telling you. That's some stuff that I think we need to cover to let people be aware of. Uh, you know, we say over and over the good old days of going and buying uh, drugs, uh, which is bad. We don't want anybody to do drugs, but those casual drug user days are over. Yeah. You have no idea. Well, I mean, and it's not just pills. I mean, they're, they're lacing marijuana with yeah, it. Yeah, it's in everything. everything it's in everything. And it takes very, very little yeah. to kill you. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's, that's scary. It's terrible. I mean, it's, it, it, it could affect anybody at any time. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had a deputy. Grab a doorknob. had got some, right, on a traffic stop and was packaging it for evidence. And when he opened the bag, it poofed. And he got exposed. And he almost died. Jesus. And, you know. It's terrifying. Um, that stuff scares me, dude. If you tell me, hey, you got to go through that door right there. And on the other side of that door is a we bad guy with a, a gun. Fact. We know for a fact there's a guy with a gun and there's fentanyl. Yeah. Well. <laughs> you're taking the guy with a gun. Heck not yeah. The, not all the day. The fentanyl. All day, every day. Because the fentanyl, you can't do nothing about it. It scares you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you get on your clothes, take it home to your family. I mean, that's terrifying. Well, we went on a bus um, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, there was powder all over the floor where they were making it. And. Um, they cutting it up with other stuff or kicking it i kicked it up dust come up and yeah. how we didn't get exposed i'll never know yeah but uh luckily by the grace of god yeah, we absolutely. didn't yeah, look. um but that scared me because i i thought well if i got it on my boots and i bring it home my kids just you just want to throw your clothes away yeah yeah yep go home in your drawers <laughs> that's what i i used to have to strip outside like when we'd have a swat call and we'd use like tear gas or whatever mm-hmm. literally i'd strip on the front porch because the very first time I come home from a SWAT call, um, I think it was like a Wednesday night, and I'd stop by church to see the see the kids. Yeah, and they come run up to hug me, and I'm like, no, 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 don't, 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 don't. Your face is gonna be on fire. Don't I, do that. Because I was covered. That story reminds me of a time where you took me home uh, when I'd been I'd been out drinking, and I needed a ride home. Yeah, and you took me to my apartment. And uh, I just started taking my clothes off on the carport. I do remember that. That was hilarious. Yeah. I was like, uh, oh wait, I'm not what, even in the house was yet. That? Was that, on, was that on Hennon? Uh, no, it was over uh, in Armarchie. Yeah, it was, was in Armarchie. Was that it? Is it, was it, it, it Hennon Drive out there? It could be. I don't know. It's some nice duplex apartments yeah. where I'm out there in my underwear. I remember Idiot. that now. I, was, I had forgot all <laughs> about that. Telling you, I should be dead. I should be oh, dead. Yeah. That's, that's what I say, man. I, I look at all the <laughs> stupid stuff I did in my life, and I'm like, you know, my guardian angel, I, just I swear, like, he wears a hard hat, and he smokes like three packs of Marlboro's a day. He said, what are you doing? And I was like, oh. Oh, this ain't oh, my no. liver group. Yeah. I thought it was drafty in here. I knew I didn't keep my air on that low. So. Shut the window. <laughs> well, James, I uh, appreciate you getting in here. And, For sure, uh, man. And I was talking about this. And uh, let's line it up. Uh, let's get it. Let's get these people, make them aware of what's going on with hey, this crisis. We got some, uh, we got some classes popping too. Yes. So um, we're, uh, we're going to do a, a church security team training coming up. Um, it's actually going to be sponsored by Life Church. Um, so it's going to be free for anybody that is part of or wants to start a church security team. 
And so we will post the date on that um, on our Facebook page, hopefully in the next few days. Uh, and I'm working on the website now. Yeah, just get, get the info to me, and well, I'll make sure I'm posting on our social media too. Look we'll forward for sure. to it. All right, man. Take care. Be safe out there. All right, bro. And, uh, you know, watch out for the bad guys. I see it. Watch your back. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, All right take care.